Today's episode of Wizards After Dark is brought to you by Robinhood. With Robinhood, you can invest in stocks, options, and ETFs right from your phone. You can even spend and earn interest on uninvested cash. And with fractional shares, you can buy stocks in any amount, including companies like Apple, Amazon, and Tesla for as little as $1. And that's with no commission fees or account minimums. So whether you're new to investing and ready to learn or just looking for a better experience, stop waiting and join the 10 million Robinhood users. Listeners can get started with a free stock by going to wizards.robinhood.com. That's wizards.robinhood.com. All investments involve risk. This is not investment advice, a recommendation, or a solicitation of any security. Other fees may apply. Visit rbnhd.co slash fees. The free stock program is subject to certain limitations. Annual percentage yield APY on uninvested cash is paid by program banks and is variable. Robinhood Financial is not a bank. We got a new episode of Wizards After Dark, free for the masses, being recorded like maybe it's after dark. It's 520 right now. I don't really know. I'm inside an arena. I don't I don't know if it's after dark. During it's during during dark like if dark is coming. It's on its way. I really don't know. Dark is always on its way, my I friend. Know. We live in very dark cities. Very <laughs> That's dark. True. With dark with dark fan bases. Oh and yeah. And gloomy nights. I'm Fred Katz. I'm the host of Wizards After Dark. The Wizards just beat the Pistons 106-100 and sitting here at Capital One Arena with me is a third-time guest. Yeah. Third-time guest. All my episodes are free. Why are my episodes free? Because I'm just I got to charge for – come on. I'm going to charge for quality. I know. I understand. Or maybe, or maybe I should just be saying that the world deserves to know about you. All right. I like that. I like that. Well, Pistons beat writer – James Edwards. Oh, I thought you already said my name. Yes. Honored to be on. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, we just witnessed a the Wizards complete the season series against the Pistons. Uh, I think 3-1. and one. Pistons have not won in D.C. since 2014. And the Pistons are now 3-13 and 13 in games that start at 2 p.m. or earlier. So, yeah. That seems like a completely useless stat. But I'm into it. Yeah, unless you, like cover the team and know like a trip to DC that the game starts before two, you know, the team, you know, it's going to lose. So it's like, if this was a one-off, I wouldn't have made this trip. Like I already know how the result's going to go. So it is pretty <laughs> useless, but there is some, some use, I guess. Um, we're, we're, so Beal had 29 points, six assists, really his, his best game in a little while. And, and seems like the minutes limit is, is kind of off for him. He played 33 today. Thomas Bryant upped his minutes, came off the bench. He played 22, which is his most since he's done since coming back from the injury. He pretty much looked like himself. Was pretty good around the rim. He had 13 and six. Jan Mahimi. It's another Jan Mahimi game. Jan Mahimi had never scored 20 points in a game until about a month ago. And then he had 25 against the Heat. And then today he had 21 and what did he do? 21 and 7 in 23 minutes. He was 9 for 10 from the field. He hit a 3. When Jan Mahimi hits a 3, there is no happier person in the world. There is no happier, like, state of mind than Jan Mahimi after just hitting a 3. That dude just, like, he, he beams when he hits a 3. As he should. And he's living up to his contract, even though it's the last year. Um, I think I annoyed Dwayne Casey for the first time today 
In my mind, Jan, and I think I tweeted it, so this was an incorrect tweet. I thought he hit two threes, but I must have confused him with Thomas Bryant's three, which, if I'm not mistaken, you can correct me, Fred. That's just as shocking as Jan Mahin me No. No, not nearly? No. What's Is Thomas, like, at least 30%? He's around there, but, like, okay. he, he takes them. Okay. He takes, like, one and a half, two a game. So then I asked Dwayne about, like, obviously you want Mahin me to shoot, but is there – such thing as too much space like they didn't even try to guard him me thinking that he hit two wide open ones but it was Mahin me and Bryant that hit wide open ones and he's like well I think I only hit one and I was like oh and I look at the box score I probably should have did that first before I asked the question but yeah Jan Mahin me um nine to ten from the field he had his he had his way with Andre uh tonight who left the game with a swollen lip and one less tooth um, from a play that happened late in the game. I'm not sure whose elbow caught him, but somebody's did. So I'll tell you what. Yamahimi now has four times as many career three-pointers as Ben Simmons. Wow. How about that? That's a good one. How about that? How about Kevin? How about that? Um, that shocks me, but it doesn't shock me. It only shocks me because when you put those two names in a sentence, they shouldn't be together. But then like when you think about it, it makes sense. Yeah, Yamahimi has now hit uh, five, six threes this year. He hit two last year. I didn't realize he hit that many this year. It's I like not. hit two in the game against Miami. He he's, he's he works on it. He works on it. He's he's a big on guy, it. man. When you see him in person, like you know he's big, but like his physique, like he looks like a, a GI Joe. Yeah. Yeah, he's just, like, ripped and he's yeah. long. And, like, he just looks like a basketball player. No, for sure. Um, which he – if you told me that coming into this season, Jan Mahimi within a one-month span would have two games in which he got a standing ovation while coming off the floor. This one, the Miami one, when he scored 25 and the, and the Wizards upset the Heat. Yeah. I would not have believed you. Yes. I asked him after the game if this is the best basketball he's played in a long time. It was probably a bad question because the answer was very obvious. This is the best basketball he's played in a long time. Contract year, Jan Mahimi. Coming at you. Look, I, I said on the podcast, I don't know, probably like a month ago. Yeah. Obviously, this contract is much larger than the one that he will command this summer. Yes. But if he came out this year and was really, really bad... Yeah. Considering the type of player he is, right. uh, a seven-footer who guards around the rim and is an around-the-rim offensive player but doesn't actually have a lot of around-the-rim skill. He's just around the rim because shots are the easiest it around the rim. supposed to be, yeah. Right. Uh, if he were that player, I don't know what would happen with his career after this year. But but he's really playing like a guy who can – and I don't want to oversell this, but he's he's really playing like a guy – who who deserves to be yeah. in the NBA? Like I he agree. he is doing. He's been good for them. Like he's been much better than I thought he'd be. He'd been much better than he was the last few years. Mm-hmm. He's games like this are not going to be a thing. Yeah. But he has helped them defensively. He's still pretty good defending the rim. He is certainly their best defensive big. Yeah. There's no question about that on the team that is the second worst defensive team. Of the last 25 years. So <laughs> right, right. keep that in mind. But he's an NBA player. No, I, I mean, he's he's still an NBA player. And he seems like a good locker room guy, too. Like a, He's a great locker room a guy. guy. A minimum 14th, 15th guy. You, those, I mean, coaches seem to like those type of guys that 
play hard, even though if they might not play, but like practice, play hard. Nice guy to be around. A vet can help uh, young guys. I, can we? Can I transition on your podcast since Please. we're talking about Mahimi? We started to talk about Andre as a wizard destination, and we I think we got derailed from something. What are your thoughts? Yeah, not into it. Not into it, or do you see no way that they do it? I do not think they're into it. Yeah. I, I, I don't think they're in a position to give anything up for him. Yeah. He – I mean, I'm assuming he's not going to pick up the player option. Wait, tell, tell me That's first. Do you think he's picking up the player option? This is why it's hard to move a guy with a player option. You don't really see guys with player options get moved all that often because yeah. it's like well, who knows do. who's picking it up. This is my logic and I'm not a agent or whatever. I look at – if I'm Andre, so he's due 28.7 if he opts in. He will never make that much money in a year in his career again. Whatever deal he's going to be offered this summer will still be there next summer. Why would you not just grab the bag one more time and then proceed to the next free agency? When more teams have cap, I know there's more free agents to battle with, but more teams, not just bad teams, have cap. And you're going to get this. I would imagine he would get the same amount of money unless somebody throws him the max, which then that's... We don't. That's a shame on that team. Like you just don't throw a traditional center of the backs, even though he's valuable and he has stuff that he could add. Excuse me to a team. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I it's, he sounds like he's gonna opt out, but I don't. I don't see why he would. What do you like? Wouldn't you in that situation, knowing that if likely he can get whatever he's gonna get this summer, next summer, if it's not outrageous? Yeah, I would probably. I mean, the the thing that he has going for him this summer is that there aren't a lot of good free agents. There's not. And there are six teams with cap room. And one of the and like all those teams or organizations who might just be the ones to do it. Who would give desperate enough. Yeah, who yeah. like Charlotte might be come here, we'll yeah. give you 25 a year. Right. It's not the 28, but who cares? Right. Come here, we'll give you 21 a year for 4 years. For 4 years. Yeah. That's a lot of money. It's hard to turn down that security. And and I'm not saying that I'm not reporting that no, Charlotte's no. going to do that. I could right, just right. – that would be an in-character thing for one of those organizations to do. I agree. If the Wizards were to trade for Drummond, that would mean number one – okay, they want to re-sign Bertans. Yeah. That means they are almost certainly going into the tax for next year's team. Yeah. And I don't think I, – I, I don't think they're definitely – like there's not a 0% chance they go and they avoid the tax next year. Yeah. But there's a very small cha- chance they avoid the tax. And certainly one of their objectives is to avoid the tax. As it should be. And so if you re-sign Bertans and you got Beal salary on the books, Wall salary on the books, and like 20-something million for Drummond, whether it's a free agency contract, whether it's the 28 million. It's 28 yeah. million player 28. option. 28.7, yeah. Yeah. And 20, almost $29 million player yeah. option on Drummond. You're going into the tax with that team. Number two, I'm not a big Drummond guy. Yeah, no, you're um, yeah, yeah. I, for for all the obvious reasons, I'm not a big Drummond guy. I don't need to get into all of them here. You saw and, the best in you saw the case for it against Drummond tonight everywhere. Yes. Oh my God! Did it he was, fall off in the second half? It was. He's just so inconsistent, and and the other thing is he like does a, he tries to do a lot. He's not is okay. The idea of Andre Drummond is great with John Wall. Yeah. The problem is the idea of Andre Drummond is not Andre Drummond. Yeah. When you have Andre Drummond. Like, you're not getting great screening, you know? Like, that's yeah. – that's yeah. you look at him and you're like, oh, big guy who can roll at the rim and you're getting a great screener. Like, no. Like, John Wall Gortat is going to be a better pick and roll than John Wall Andre Drummond. Mm-hmm. 
we Beale and Wall, and I don't mean this as like an emotional personality thing like it often gets framed. I just mean from a basketball thing. Bradley Beal's played without John Wall for the majority of three consecutive seasons now. Right. Has developed as a ball handler, a facilitator. John Wall and Bradley Beal have played together. The people have. Yeah. But this version of Bradley Beal has never played with John Wall. And from a basketball style strategy, that's going to take time for the two of them to adapt. Because yeah. now they're both ball-dominant guys. Right. And I'm not saying it can't happen. But it's just going to have to take time. Not from a personality standpoint. From a basketball style standpoint. Right. Now add in Andre Drummond wanting to handle the ball and run it up on fast breaks into this equation. So that's my that's always that's kind of the question we have in Detroit is will Andre still do those things if the pecking order on his team is more clearly defined? Is he doing these because he blakes out, Reggie's out, and he feels like because he's a max player technically, like when he signed the deal, that he has to step up and do those things? Or is that just his personality and how he sees himself, or is that could he temper – could he just do the things everybody just wants him to do, the things he does well and just do them if he's on a good team? I think – I personally want to see him on a team that is a for sure playoff team that is like a – between a one through four seed, five seed, six seed. I want to find out what Andre Drummond is going to be when the pecking order is clearly defined. Like I think that will define – that will answer so many questions people have about him, I think. But until that happens, I, I think he's just going to continue to get the short end of the stick, and rightfully so. Like, if we're talking about centers who are on the market, like, I'd rather have Steven, Steven Adams. Yeah. You know? Well, that's because that means you get to write a bunch of great stories about Steven Adams. Well, that's yeah. true. Which you've already done, so. I've had that opportunity already. Yeah. Uh, but, but, I mean, if we're, if we're talking about, like, like, Andre Drummond is for sure – a better number one or two option than Steven Adams is. Right. But I think Steven Adams is a better, like, fourth option. Yes, because he knows he's a fourth option. Right. And he's willing to play that role. Yes, and it's not even necessarily a willingness. It's just, like, people talk about, like, screen setting as just right, right, right. a playing hard thing. No, but it's not. Sense. It's yeah. a skill. Like, yeah. that's a skill. Yeah. It's not just desire. Like, rebounding and defense – yeah. Those aren't just desire. No. They're skill. Yeah, I agree. And and he has certain skills in that aspect that I think help as a third and fourth option more than Drummond would. And the problem is if Drummond's going to be your first or second option, there's a cap on how good you're going to be. Right. And we've seen that in Detroit. Right, right, um, So I'm not huge on that. With the price that it would come to take Drummond, with the fact that you would be choosing him – over Bertans potentially from because depending on what your fan finances are, it's going to be really hard to yeah. pay Bertans, but he'll probably get and you'll go deep into the tax. Would you yep. do Mahimi and Troy Brown? No, no way. Yeah, I'm not giving up Troy Brown. Troy Brown's going to be a good player. No, I'm with you. I'm just, I'm just seeing because they're not going to give up the the first this year. Like it's going to be it's probably going to be top nah. seven. No, and they I, want a first. Ideally, they would like a first or a young player. Whether that happens or not, I'd, I'd highly doubt it because it would already the deal would have been done by now. He'd been traded. Um, but yeah, I'm just curious. Yeah, I, I've heard mixed. I know you you like how Troy Brown has evolved this year, and I have too from the games I've seen talking to you. Just curious, like, does the front office see him as that as another young piece? Or is there, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. They do. They do. I mean, I I think they're trying to figure out exactly. How good he can be, right. um, considering like he's kind of a similar situation where he needs the ball, and because he needs the ball, 
you have to wonder, okay, if we give him the ball, how good can our offense be if he's our primary guy? Right. And I think the answer might end up taking you to the fact that he's just a really good bench player, mm-hmm. which is fine. You, need those. you get a really good bench player with the 15th pick yeah. who is good teammate, smart, works hard, good culture guy. Yeah. That's great. You got to get a good bench player at some point. Definitely. Definitely. And so if he's if he's that guy, if he ends up being somebody who figures out how to play, I mean, he's 20 years old. He figures out a guy who's, who's able to – he evolves differently, right. betters his shot, becomes better off the ball, reads the game better as he gets older. All of a sudden, then, yeah, maybe he has startup potential and in the right spots. But I, I think he's going to be a, a good player. He's got team control of him for a long time. Mm-hmm. He's 20 years old. Like, I'm not giving that up so I can overpay Andre Drummond. No, that, I get it. I get it. That I'm just I'm not giving up a first round pick. I'm not I would not give up a young guy, any of the young guys who I like. Yeah. I just wouldn't do that. No, I'm with you. I get it. I was just curious where the uh where the line like where's the baseline for what uh, will you give up for Andre Drummond? I get it. No. But like that's why I wouldn't give up anything. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. You know? Yeah, I'm with you. Uh can we talk about All Star for a bit? Yep. Yeah. Alright, so um All Star voting was due. We're recording this on Monday. After the game, all-star voting was due today. I sent in my votes right as the game started. Uh, I had a media vote. The way it works is for the the media votes on the starters. And so the fans vote on the starters. The fans get 50. The fan vote is 50% of it. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the other half is split evenly between media and player voting. I was one of, I think it's 100 media members who who have have a vote. vote this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sliding. I've, I've Did you have one last year? Two years ago. Yeah. Sliding. Uh, I had one. I wanted to talk about it. Yeah, I would love let's, to hear Let's it. take 10 minutes and, yeah. and go through the stuff. Let's do it. All right. To me, Eastern Conference forwards are really easy. Mm-hmm. We don't need to discuss. Jimmy? I went. I, I, well, I guess oh. that was the tough one. Okay. I didn't go Jimmy. Who'd you go? Oh. Siakam, Embiid, and Giannis. Embiid was tough because of the missed games, and Jimmy has been awesome. That would be my case for Siakam, the missed games. Yeah, he missed some too, but he has been so good. Yeah. No, he has been. He's been, like, truly excellent. To me, the tiebreaker on it was Jimmy just hasn't shot very well this year. No, he hasn't. And and Miami is – you can you can I to be clear I have no problem with voting for him mm-hmm. he's a great player yeah um I would have loved to put him on as a guard yeah they need to fix that yeah it's like especially so what is it it's three forwards or three front court right and two guards and then the uh, all NBA is two guards two forwards a center like we yeah. need. It needs but, to be linear. But, like, what bothers me is Jimmy Butler is eligible as only a, a forward. Right. Not a, not a guard slash And he's only forward. a forward because the Heat play a three-guard lineup. And yeah. somebody has to technically, by the NBA book, has to be considered the small forward in that group. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But, like, he is – he's playing guard. He's their lead facilitator. Yes. He's a guard. He should, he should be eligible at both. And if he were eligible at both, I would have had him starting. He's had a wonderful defensive season. He's leading a really good team. But to me, that Heat team has been really good because it's a really good ensemble cast with a really good coach. Yeah. And Butler has been a great best player and is a lock all-star to me. It was tough to me. Um, but Embiid, even though he has not been as good as he was last year, is has still been phenomenal. 
I mean, he's still been the best center in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. I wouldn't argue you're five. Yeah, Giannis is Giannis, and, and Siakam, Siakam has just individually outperformed um, Butler, other than the facilitating numbers. Yeah. Everything Siakam has done is just way better than Jimmy Butler's. How many, like... And he's also arguably a better defender. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, and I agree with that. I think Jimmy's... Uh, They're both great defenders. Yeah, but I think Jimmy's has... And this is not a knock. This is the guy who got... Uh, killed for having Jimmy Butler over LeBron in his quarter season MVP voting that I had to write. Um, <laughs> Jimmy's def- defense ha- has slid to me throughout the years. Like watching them against Detroit, like I've seen Luke Kennard score with kind of relative ease against them, and I don't know if that's him actually having somebody behind him to help him. So he's, you know, how stuff goes with team defense, and maybe he's laxing a little bit. But I wouldn't argue your group. I like Jimmy. I think. You make the case that a lot of those guys last year were there um, and they weren't as good. You add Jimmy and they're a lot better. So there's that aspect of it. Um, and for him to have the year he had. And Philly hasn't been as good. I, I need to double check this before I say it, But Philly, they've been okay this year. They've been fine. I think they've probably yeah, they're they've been underwhelming. And Jimmy leaves and his team is rising. So I, I think there's – I don't know if people should quantify that or qualify that for uh, contention in this year's All-Star, but I, t- I put stock into that, I guess, a little bit. But I wouldn't argue with the five you had. Yeah. Who, do you know off the top of your head, you know what you would do for? The East? Yeah, your Eastern Conference Court guys. It would have been Embiid, uh, Sia- uh, Embiid Butler, Giannis. That's it. Oh, for you, you just asked for front court. Yeah. yeah. Did you say What you would you do for your guards? What would you Who were yours guards? again? So I ended up going – Kemba to me was a lock. The second guard spot was really tough. I did not go Bradley Beal. I do think Beal should be on the roster. Yeah. I would not have him starting. His efficiency numbers are way down from last year. And if you look at the really advanced stuff, his uh, shot quality actually hasn't been that different. He's just kind of missing more shots. Um and he's also missed time, yeah. uh, which which makes it harder. And his team is fourteen and twenty eight. Right. Uh, I did not go Trey Young, who would be in contention. Yeah. Uh, you know, Atlanta is much better with him on the floor. They have like a one hundred eight offensive rating when he's playing and right. ninety one when he's off. Yes. But I think so much of that is because they just don't have a backup point guard. That's why they traded yeah. for Jeff Teague. Bad. That team is. We were there on Saturday. Yeah. That team is a tro- The Pistons. Put up 136 on them. The Pistons, right. a team who just didn't score, that just barely hit 100 against the yeah. Wizards. Well, the defense is, while the offense is so much better with Trey on the floor, and I do think Trey is obviously a really good player, right. he's he's just nothing defensively. No. Their defense is nine points per 100 worse when he's playing. Yeah. And I, I couldn't justify There's still seven points per 100, negative seven points per 100 when he's playing. Yeah. And... I just, on the worst team in the East, I just was not going to be able to justify that. Zach Levine was a no for me. Uh, Ben Simmons, I kind of, part of me wanted to reward Ben Simmons because for all the crap that he gets about not being able to shoot. He's been so good. And I agree with all that stuff. And with all the bad fit stuff with the rest of Philly's roster, with just like the big guys, none of whom are like three point reliant, the Which spacing isn't issues. His fault. Yeah, yeah, that's roster construction fault. Yeah. Um, and he's had a little bit of a down year. That dude is just a killer defensively. It's different. Man. He is amazing defensively. Um, 
and I wanted to – I considered him, passed on him, considered Jalen Brown, passed on him, and I went Kemba and, and Kyle Lowry. I'm a, I wouldn't argue that. I really like Jalen Brown. Me too. I, I, he was my runner-up. I think I, he would be my – if I had a ballot, I think he would be the starter. Um, I'm with you on Trey. He's not a starter. The offense is ridiculous. It's He's hard in the East. Uh, and I even think Atlanta, if he was a even a baseline good defender, Atlanta's still bad. Like, that team's just bad. Uh, so I don't really take that into account that much. I just don't think he's a starter. Beal is the best of the group. I'm a big Bradley Beal guy and have been for a long time. I, I know he's been on winning teams before and been good. So it's like I don't hold the losing against him. But, man, Jalen Brown... I don't know if it's shock factor of how well he's played this year and how good the Celtics are, but Kemba and Jalen, I think, would be my two starters. Jalen's got some Paul George in him. He does. He has a lot of Paul George in him. He's he's really good. He also defends like a maniac. Mm-hmm. To me, with Lowry, I was really close on those two guys. Fair. And and to me, with Lowry, one one weird thing is that every year you look at the numbers. In Toronto is so much better when Kyle Lowry is playing. Yep. Like last year, Lowry had like a major down shooting season. Mm-hmm. And then you look at it and they are like significantly better with all of their best lineups except Kyle Lowry. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of get to a point and then it continues into the postseason. And you just kind of get to a point where it's like, all right, this guy, the, the little Lowry things this guy does, the, the, the pesties stuff that just mm-hmm. annoys the hell out of everyone he plays against, like – that's winning. That's yep. helping them win. And then you look at this year, and they're way worse when he's on the floor. Part of it is three-point shooting. They yep. have terrible three-point shooting it's luck. Really, yeah, it's been weird this year for them. Yeah, they have terrible three-point shooting luck when he's on the floor. They're, they're giving up like 41% on above-the-break threes when he's playing, which is like – that's not – and it's like low – or when he's not playing, yeah, I should yeah. say. And it's, and it's low when he's playing. So, so that's going to regress, regress and make it come down. But like you look at – their best, their starting lineup with him in it is still awesome. Mm-hmm. He plays with the bench a lot, and and that's kind of brought it down. Still and, winning. And I kind of wanted to give him a little bit of a bonus, it, almost as a tiebreaker, where like this year, nobody in the entire league had a better excuse to just kind of have a victory lap season than yeah. this than this Raptors team, right? Yeah. Like they easily could have done that. They lost they won a title. They lost Kawhi. They had every excuse in the world to just go win 42 games. Right. And no one would have cared. Nope. Everyone would have been like, "Hey, look, they're still scrappy and competitive and still going to make the playoffs right. even after losing Kawhi and Kyle Lowry still has a little bit left." And now the dude is up to scoring. He's been more efficient than say Beal. Significantly, like you look at the effective field goal percentage and all that stuff, it's it's a lot better. He's averaging over twenty a game. He's doing. He's throwing his body everywhere. He's still a really good defender, mm-hmm. really good team defender. Just a, a you know people call him a bulldog, and he is. Yeah. And um, I give him bonus points for the way and for the way that he has kind of maintained what's gone on there. I, I, I'm with you. I think part of that too is credit to Masai, like. The whole organization, yeah, the nurse the whole, too. Yeah, the whole organization. But they have a situation where, yeah, they could have taken a victory lap, but Pascal's trying to prove himself as an elite player in this league. So it's, for him to have a regressed season, that 
still didn't seem likely. You could go O.J. Ananobi, another young guy who's trying to prove himself in the league. Van Vliet, who has at restricted free agency coming up. Kyle Lowry, a guy who was on a one-year deal to start the year, right? Did they do the extension? Yeah, they did the extension. Yeah, they did the extension. So it's like he's getting towards a point where he doesn't know where his future is, but that guy is just one of those guys that just plays hard all the time. And I like to credit those guys because, like you said, if anybody on the – the team itself could have taken a victory lap. If anybody on the team could have taken a victory lap, it was Kyle Lowry and nobody would have said anything, but he hasn't. And I'm with you. I like like kind of giving sympathy points. Yeah. I mean, he's – He's been really good this year. Yes. He has been really, really good this year. And the East was just – it was hard because it was wow. underwhelming. It like, it's just that second spot is just – And it That's why I wish it. Jimmy Butler if, – if Jimmy Butler qualified his guard, I would have put Jimmy Butler. Yeah. But, no, I would have too if uh, – over Jalen. But I, yeah. I want to reward Jalen for kind of the wow factor that he's given me. Yeah. Obviously, the productivity is there. The winning is there. But he's better than Tatum is right now. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I'm fine with the Jalen Brown vote. He's, yeah. he's really good. Um, let's run through the rest, West really quick. Sure. Guards are super easy. We don't need to analyze anything. Yep. Don Chich Harden. Yep. Uh, and the two Lakers in my front court, LeBron yep. and Anthony Davis. Who would you do as your third front court guy? So, go back to the sympathy thing a little bit. Part of me would have done Rudy. Because in today's NBA, as you know, everybody knows it's not like a secret Offense is what sells. Offense is what everybody bases their opinion on, unless you're inside the league like we are and understand the importance of other things. And Rudy is the best defensive player in the NBA. His team's winning. He does what he's supposed to do and does it well. Obviously, the snubs uh, before. He's not a... I want to see him in the all-star game because he's not an all-star type player. Like, he would just be out there, like, destroying everybody else's fun. Everybody else is going to try to throw oops to each other, and he's going to be like, no, and just (laughs) pin it off the glass. I think he deserves it, and I think he's going to get in regardless if he's not a starter or not. With that said, I would have went Jokic. I went Jokic. Yeah, I would have went Jokic. I went Jokic. I wanted to, like, talk myself into Gobert, but I'm going Jokic. Yeah, I went Jokic. Uh, You know... I love Gobert's game. He would have been down for me. To me, it was between Jokic and Kawhi. Fair. Kawhi is not enough games for me. Yeah. 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 It just came down to the missed games. Kawhi's missed a quarter of the games. And um, it, it was really hard for me to decipher because I kind of had a problem going with Jokic, too. Because mm-hmm. I was like, Kawhi is sitting games. Whether we want to debate the semantics of whether it's technically an injury or not. Right. Kawhi is missing games for legitimate health reasons. Yeah. Um, Jokic played, played the first 15 games shape. out of yeah. shape. Yeah, played himself into shape. And I was thinking, like, I never want to turn All-Star into a morality contest. And yeah. so that's not what I was trying to do. And so I was thinking, like, okay, Jokic gave 80% of himself for the first half of, you know, the season, of right. the season. Right. And Kawhi gave 75% of himself. Well, how do I quantify if it's more detrimental to your team playing the first 10, 20 games of the season out of shape and playing your way into shape, right. or if it's more detrimental to your productivity if you just sit for 10 of those games. And I, I don't know the answer, so I just figured, you know what? I'm just going to go with the thing that I can quantify. I can quantify how many games Kawhi actively missed. Yeah. And yes, when he plays, he's better than Jokic. Yeah. Uh, but... 
Jokic is still 20 and 10 and 7. He has he has played his way into shape. He has been awesome lately. He is not as bad of a defender as his reputation says that he is just because he's an oafy, chunky white right. dude. His passing is equivalent to Harden scoring or Gobert's defense, just the impact it has on a game. Like he's as elite at that one thing that it's so it's so impactful that you can't just like ignore it while it's not – he does the flashy passes, but like even just the right passes – the impact that he has as a whether it's DHOs top of the key that can't go unnoticed. He's as good of a passer as Harden is a scorer. Gobert is a defender. Um, so like people say, well, Kawhi is scoring X amount of points. Player X is scoring X amount of points. But like Jokic is throwing the passes that leads to X amount of points. In my like, it's it's a wacky. He plays a wacky game. That's why people love him. But I. I think there's people that don't want to have him starting because they don't think that game is conducive to the All-Star game or whatever. And I don't think media, but when I'm just talking about, like, fans in general. Um, but, I mean, the dude is unreal. It, and he's yes, so he unique. And his team is good. He's good. And he, he might not score the most points the, on the team he does, but the way he commands the game, the way he – dictates the game through passing is like something I've never really seen. LeBron does it, but from that type of big is, is unique. Yeah. And to be clear, pretty much everybody I mentioned during this conversation, I believe to be an all-star. Yeah. Bradley Beal should be an all-star. Yes, he should be. Kawhi obviously should be an all-star. What about Derrick um, Rose? No. I'm with you. If you, he should be in the six man of the year conversation. Yeah. If you can't start on your own team, you can't be an all-star. Dwayne makes the case that it's because of load management. He calls him still one of the best point guards in the NBA. Today was his ninth straight 20-point game, which he hasn't done since his MVP season. He's he's He has been a six-man-of-the-year candidate. I'm with you. I, I agree. Do you Now, here's an interesting question. We don't have to go too deep on this. We probably shouldn't. It's in Chicago this year. That means nothing to me. Uh, I agree. But that means something to me for the dunk contest and like the skills competition. Does it mean something to the NBA? Do you think they do an honorary? That, I'll tell you right now. Would, not, would it not be a good look? That would be a horrible look. I'm with you. Uh, for all of the Derrick Rose stuff, which we don't need to get into the morality no. of all yeah. of that, but for all the Derrick Rose stuff, choosing that guy as the guy to lift on the pedestal, would be a really would be a good look. It would be a really bad look. Yeah. It would be a really bad look and in my opinion like unnecessary. Yeah. There are Anthony Davis is a Chicago guy. Yeah. And he's going to be there. Yeah. So so great. I'm with you. You know? That's just the, the I've seen people talk about it. and again Derrick Rose has been nothing but great to me. It's the stuff in the past, people can go look it up if you haven't, if you don't know what we're talking about. To put him on, like you said, a pedestal because it's in Chicago. He's playing very well this season. I'm with you that the NBA would get. I think the people, because I go to obviously cover the Pistons and I walk into every arena and Derrick Rose gets a massive ovation everywhere we go. The blowback would come primarily from people outside of basketball, I think. Maybe and it would be a 
It would be – it's interesting. I, I feel like the blowback would be noticeable, but I don't know, man. I've just been in a lot of arenas this year with him, and people cheer for him. They love him. Well, here's my problem. We, we do this thing in sports culture, and I think we are the worst culprits of it, mm-hmm. male sports writers, yeah. where we conflate – Winning with character. Mm-hmm. Derek Rose did not now grant it All-Stars in Chicago, which is why we're having this conversation. Mm-hmm. But Derek Rose did not have this look at how he's recovered his life right. until he recovered the basketball. Right. Michael Vick did not have the look at how much better of a person he is until he was an MVP candidate again in Philadelphia. Right. We conflate winning with character. Mm-hmm. How many guys have we seen been branded great locker room guys because they were on winning teams and they were role players on winning teams and then when they're done playing or later in their careers or whatever, and I don't need to name them, you know who they are, you hear what, what nefarious stuff has that guy been doing all this time, right? right. Uh, we hear that all the time. Because we conflate winning with character. I think basketball players, and I think the same thing about journalists and anybody else, Mm -hmm. you get what you deserve professionally for the things that you do professionally. Yeah. No more, no less. Yes. Um, If Derrick Rose were playing at an all-star level, I don't think he should be denied all-star ever by any means because of anybody's single opinion on the coaches vote him in he's deserved to be a hundred percent of course of course but we're saying it's he should not get a special exemption because i saw that article on nba.com and and he should not get a special exemption for any reason um just like i don't think anybody should i like i like the the commissioner's thing with like Dwayne Wade and Nowitzki last year, where right. they just kind of added the guys for legacy guys at the end right. for promotional. But that was a different. They were done. That was a different scenario. Even those guys admitted they weren't real all stars. That's yeah. not what we're talking about here. Right, right. Um, and I'm okay with having a legacy guy. I'll be fine with like send Vince Carter there. Yeah. But that's not what this is. Yeah. Um, you get what you deserve. Just like I wouldn't believe in giving somebody a professional basketball writers association just be award just because they had some sort of similar because they have the internet comeback yeah, yeah. or whatever yeah. um i just oh that's your saying it's yeah, not yeah. for me i'm with you i i think it's going to be interesting to see if the coaches vote him in cuz he has had a very good year offensively um but look, uh, you see the stuff floating around if he doesn't get in do they it's in chicago he's in the most important sports figure in Chicago since Jordan, do they make an exception? I don't think, like you said, the others were legacy acts. I just don't think that would be, a, <clears throat> excuse me, a good look for the NBA um, for, for a couple of reasons, just because Derek's not, one, he's whatever happened before, two, um, he's not close to them playing. Exactly, yeah. yeah. That's also weird. Like, he's he's got years left. Yeah, he's playing at an all- He's playing at a close to all star level now. Like he's, it's not going to go away overnight, right? Like at least you would imagine he could play at least close to this for another year or two. Yeah. Anything else before we wrap up? Um. Oh, go! People should go read. 
Oh, yeah, you're Wizards fans, Markeith. Yeah, Wizards fans will yeah. care. Wizards fans know that Markeith Morris can be ridiculous and really funny. Yeah. And you did a great, great piece with Markeith giving him a pop quiz on his career. Yeah. And his answers are profane and hilarious. We didn't talk about Markeith slapping Bertans in the face after yeah. Bertans called him the B word last time they played. Yeah. Uh, a hell of a time. But I think that's all we needed to say. Uh, Markeith was. Isn't that the most perfect, like, back and forth for Martin Luther King Day? <laughs> Markeith and Thomas. I'm joking. All right. We can cut that out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was great. It was a great piece. It was Thank a great you. idea. It was well executed. He was he was hilarious for it. He He's was so funny. funny. The quotes in there are great. Should go read that piece. Anything else to plug? Um, that's on the Athletic Detroit, by the way. Yeah. No. Nothing. I can't even remember what I did yesterday. No. Nothing other than that. Yeah. If you're a Wizards fan, or if you're a fan of Markeith, or if you know how uh, blunt and candid Markeith can be, this was very interesting. I, I wanted to use him specifically as one of the few. Longtime veterans on the team. Hadn't really done anything on him this year. He li- he's lived a very interesting career playing four different teams, um, playing with a lot of top players. Been a good player, somebody that went 13th overall, 14th overall, and has had a really good career. Um, I thought he would be a great subject to quiz about his career. And it's not just like how many, what's the most points you scored in a game. That question is there. I led it with that. But then there's also questions like, can you remember – um, who, when he was traded to Washington, who was in what players were in the deal? Or another question I asked him, which is my favorite answer: His first NBA points came at the free throw line. I asked him if he remember who remembered who fouled him. So I won't give you any more than that. Um, but the player was actually a former Wizard, and he had a hell of a quote about the former Wizard. And he had a hell of a quote about the former Wizard. Was a teammate of his with the Wizards? I was gonna. I didn't. I meant to ask him if they were teammates. Yeah, they were teammates. They, so Jason was on. Well, I gave away the answer. He was on the team last year. Yeah. Okay, I couldn't remember. Yeah, I, I think the, I think they're I think they're they're pretty good buddies too. I'm, I, that's probably why he said it. Yeah, I figured so. No, I think they're pretty good buddies. Uh, you should read that piece. It's great. There are a lot of great quotes in there. Um, I will be back on Wednesday. You can look out for that podcast. That's going to be behind the paywall. So if you want that and you're listening to this on iTunes and you don't subscribe to The Athletic and you want to listen to that podcast, you can subscribe to The Athletic and get my work and James's work and all of our other writers' work, baseball. You can read about the Astros sign-stealing scandal <laughs> if you want to, all that kind of stuff. Um, you can get 40% off if you go to theathletic.com slash wizards after dark and you can sign up there, get 40% off on an annual subscription and you'll be good with that. I'll be back on Wednesday. Probably going to do like a, a mid-season look back type of deal. Uh, I'll see. I'll see if I want to do that and I'll figure it out. It might not be a post-game pod. I might just record that during the day or something like that as a mid-season look back uh, and then post that on Wednesday. If not, I'll be back after the game on Wednesday when they play the Heat, and I'll be posting on Thursday. Either way, it's going to be behind the paywall. I'll be back with the next free episode uh, next week. Until then, talk to you guys soon.